0: This is the Video Jumpyard Podcast. We are here.
1: A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. It's a lion. It's a lion. It's a
0: lion. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Well, hello.
2: From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half ape, with the strength of twenty demons. It's time. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Terry O'Quinn Podcast. Oh wait, I mean the Video Junkyard Podcast. Um, (laughs) With me as always are my (laughs) co-hosts and friends, Joe and Ryan. How's it going, guys? It's going pretty good. (laughs) Okay, so I'm back on the kick of, we've we've officially now, I counted them today, have reviewed more movies that Terry O'Quinn is in than any other actor, I think. We could challenge this by going back through our catalog, possibly, but any other actor, I think Terry O'Quinn is our number one appearance of films that we've reviewed on the video junkyard podcast i think we talked so. about it when he hit number four and he just hit number five with today's movie so
1: that's true yeah <laughs> i think pretty much it is wow <laughs> so,
2: yeah sorry that's uh anyway welcome but somewhat unrecognizable in podcast. this though
1: so yeah yeah well, well he works it works
2: yeah anyway how's it going
1: <laughs> it's going really well yourself
2: good 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 um I mean like everybody's probably figured out we record these things in batches so I'm you know just like last week coincidentally I'm still getting over a cold but but yeah um feeling better finally so
1: yeah otherwise um now we've just been keeping busy around the house my kids finally went back to school um so that's allowed me to actually get a little bit of work done um in preparing for the next round of classes next semester and you know, just kind of finally tackling the ever-growing email list uh, that I have to respond to. But otherwise, uh, things are going pretty good. We're finally getting our house. I, I did my big anti or, uh, end of holiday season purge, where hmm. on uh, every year on January second, my wife makes me keep everything up on New Year's Day. But on on January second, as I'm walking down <laughs> the stairs in the morning, I'm taking garland down. I mean, it's and it's funny uh. because the whole time the the, the you're a mean one mr grinch is playing in my head as i'm just <laughs> taking christmas down and putting everything away yeah. it's my happy holiday moment is the end of it because i get my house back
2: <laughs> you know i i kind of was that way too this year as much fun as we had over christmas time and all the stuff we did was great it was kind of like that yeah you know, january 2nd rolled around and i'm like okay we're done i actually went out and got uh all of the lights off of the house today and um you know, as as this is gonna air in two weeks, that probably sounds really late, but it's not. It's only, you know, January what day is it? It's January
1: fourth. January something 4th. like that. Yeah, I just the fourth today. I always, I, I, always re- I always refer to it as um I'm going to de Christmas the house with with extreme Because, <laughs> <prejudice. laughs> yeah. And then you know what, I always do this to Stop myself. Stop and holler out and out loud you know, like I'm taking the garland down. Because every now and you know, every year, then when it's time to put the decorations back up, I open up the box. I'm like, Who the fuck packed this? They just threw shit in there. Oh, that was me. <laughs> I'm just like, you shoving, were dancing things. around, and I was <laughs> happy to be shoving the tree into a box. I'm like, Who did this? <laughs> oh, right, that was me. But yeah, so,
2: but Ryan, otherwise, Ryan, you know, is Ryan still with us here? Where's Ryan?
0: Yeah, oh. yeah, I've been here this whole time. Do you know how long I, I could be like not addressed? <laughs> Do you, like, do you
1: decorate? Do you ensure? Did decorate? you say
0: you're not dressed? You know what? What I do on my podcast and your <laughs> podcast and our podcast is my own hey. damn penis. Mine. Pine. Time. Time. <laughs> Time. No one has, and no, one has I ever do ever not deco- decorate either, my either. house or my apartment. I don't. We have a cat that likes to yeah. jump on shit. I mean, that's my excuse, but it's just more so like, no. We have Christmas tree lights up in certain spots just because, you know, we You'll like, like the looks of that yeah. shit when we turn it on it has nothing to do with the holidays we don't we don't even really celebrate so
1: yeah oh okay yeah yeah it's there we kind of had to i think when when it was just sarah and i you know we we had a tree but it was you know we didn't go over the top with christmas decorating and of course once you have kids in it you have to put up changes the whole game as we talked about on the christmas episode yeah Yeah, it really does so (laughs) But it's something that I'm happy to put away when it's time to put it away because then, I don't know, I just, I, it's it's funny because all that garland and the tree and stuff, it goes back to rituals of like bringing that stuff into the home during the winter months, like the, you know, the kind of Scandinavian culture of that. because It, it kind of keep your spirits up when everything was dark and cold and gloomy for months. Yeah, keep some here's green some, in Here's them. some greenery. I find it really darkens everything though. So when I put everything away, I'm like, wow, this room's bright again. Because there's not a bunch of no. dark garland hanging up. But I get <laughs> it. It's a time of year thing. So, yeah. yeah. But. but otherwise, I watched the movie this week.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. So it's a brand new year. And starting off this year, as you probably know, if you listened to last week's episode on Dick Tracy, we are doing a four-part series on um, film adaptations of 1930s comic strip characters. And the one we're going to do today is a bit of an oddball. It it, it it does perfectly fit with what we're doing. It's an oddball in the fact that it is not an actual character from a 1930s comic strip. Everything else fits perfectly about it. Um, and that is the, it is the 1991 Disney uh, live action, family action movie, The Rocketeer. To some, it was the fulfillment of a dream. To others, it was an instrument of destruction a creation that could change the course of history. It was stolen from my factory. Where's the package? This is the FBI! What do we tell the president? Tell me exactly why this merchandise saw so to the fence. It's a rocket. A rocket? What? Wow. What's the matter? I don't know. There's something under the seat. Oh, my. What do you got here? What are you supposed to do, is a bomb or something? No. I wouldn't touch
0: that if I were you. Uh. How do I look? Like a hood ornament. Stand clear. What was that? A flying man! <sighs> Big Gopher. Trying to kill yourself? I like it. oh, we got company. You steer, I'll push. Well,
2: what? I want that rocket, Eddie.
1: Not next week, not tomorrow. Now. Keep your eyes open for this dame. Jenny's in trouble. Come on. They're working for a Nazi agent. With an army equipped with these, you could rule the world. Cliff! You touch one here on her head, I swear <laughs> I'll.
2: <laughs> Shoot him! We've got the girl. The rocket will come to us. I love her, Peeve. Does she know that? She's gonna find out. Let him out! Hand over the rocket. The Rocketeer. Hi. This one is interesting because, of like we said, it is not literally based on a character from a 1930s comic strip, but it is certainly stylistically based on the 1930s comic strips, and is based on a graphic novel that was published in the 80s that kind of took on that style.
1: Um, so to walk you through that, it's a 1980s comic that in the <laughs> 90s was made into a movie. It's based in the 30s, and we're talking about it in 2020. Yep. Okay. That, that's clear as mud right yep (laughs) (laughs)
2: um but this does have that feel to it it certainly does yeah i think it fits perfectly and that's why we ended up adding this one as well i think was the late comer to the bunch but um yeah i mean the rocketeer feels like a character that would just you know i and honestly i'm not sure like i saw this as a young kid the first time and i may have thought this was you know the same thing as you know the shadow or the uh the phantom or dick tracy you know it just seems to fit like right in with those characters this could be a real comic strip character so Mm -hmm. um so
1: I got actually a, yeah, a little get you- plot description of this one.
2: Um, no, okay. I was just pulling that up, but okay, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Uh, set in
1: 1938 Los Angeles, the Rocketeer tells the story of stunt pilot Cliff Secord, who stumbles upon a hidden rocket-powered jetpack that he uses thereafter to fly without the need of an aircraft. His heroic deeds soon attract the attention of Howard Hughes and the FBI who are hunting the missing jetpack, as well as the Nazi operatives that stole it from Hughes. So this has Howard Hughes, the FBI, guys with rocket packs, and Nazis. and big band music
2: it does it also has a fabulous henchman played by a former NBA player that is in like full rondo hatton makeup Uh like it they it's kind of like well we really want rondo hatton but unfortunately he's been dead for 30 years so what are we gonna do we're gonna make someone look exactly like him which i think is like the coolest decision um that Joe Johnston made in this movie, which is full of cool decisions. It's actually a, a really great looking movie. Again, we talked about that. I think they nailed the style, right? Um, kind of the, they go a little more of the art deco route here, uh, especially with the design of the mask and the costume of the Rocketeer, mm-hmm. along with the, some of the technology, the rocket pack and such, but um, definitely still feels like it fits right in the period. We mentioned quickly last week that this, these films all have that kind of unique aspect is that they are 1990s films but they are all period movies so they're all set in the period when they would have been taking place so let's say the rocketeer really was a comic strip character from the 30s this movie takes place in that you know pre-world war ii 1930s which we
1: get an appearance by obviously nazi operatives here so mm-hmm. <laughs> but, so this one um big cast in this one too so joe Johnston directed this one it stars bill campbell as um the Rocketeer, Jennifer Conley, Alan Arkin, Timothy Dalton, Paul Sorvino, and Tiny Ron Taylor, um, yeah, who plays the as
2: Rondo Hatton as
1: another character, right? As the Rondo <laughs> Hatton-like character, um, yeah. And you know, as as we mentioned, to uh, Howard Hughes is um, uh, played by Terry O'Quinn. So yes, I, I I remember this one coming out. I remember the marketing for it. That the mask that he wears is very iconic. Uh, and it's it's mm-hmm. kind of insect looking in a, in a weird way, you know. It's you know, the the eyes on it are kind of bug like in a weird way. Um, and I remember seeing it, and it really didn't do much for me when I was a kid. And then I find out now that yeah, it, it was kind of a box office flop. It was critically well received, but it was a bit of a box yeah. office flop. They barely it made their money back on didn't
2: it. Didn't do as well as they you know wanted it to. And the, it's weird because
1: it, it seemed to be very
2: well received critically, like you said. It just yeah um and the costume you're mentioning the rocketeer costume is very much derivative of actual you know 1940s film serials if you've ever seen any of the pictures of the rocket men or rocket man serials I think they started off and then they became the rocket men as it went on um i think hundreds of episodes mm-hmm. of serial films um but anyway the the costume is very much um i feel like based on that they've given it a sleeker design definitely kind of put in some art deco um into the mask itself but in general it's the same it's it's you know the kind of the pointy pointy head rocket pack <laughs> um if you see a picture of that or look up some of the rocket Men serials from the 1940s right. uh you're definitely going to get that look but that i mean i think that's definitely their inspiration here so i don't feel like that's a rip off in any way it's just uh yeah where they were coming from so yeah i mean
1: um we we talked about last week about Dick Tracy and how like the story was kind of all over the place and it was a pretty looking movie but it didn't have anything for real story that was of value. Um mm-hmm. this one I think does a step up from that as far as the story goes. The story yes, is a little does. more interesting. There are some, you know, betrayals and twists and turns and stuff but they're not not as convoluted um it's a little easier to follow and overall i thought the performances in this were were pretty good timothy dalton plays a really good villain timothy dalton's great timothy
2: dalton's great in anything i only realized that like recently
1: when i started thinking about like you
2: know in retrospect kind Mm -hmm. of going back and um thinking about all the things that i've seen him in other than the james bond movies and um he's fantastic in like most of the things he's in he just happened to be kind of a lukewarm james bond and i think everybody he gets a bad rap for that and i don't think that's really his fault but Mm -hmm. um yeah it he's just
1: he's just fantastic and like a lot of things i've seen him especially as an older actor but he's great in this so Uh, ryan actually i wanted to ask you um because this you know we we again with with dick tracy we talked a lot about you know kind of the artistic stylization of that and this one is more art deco um what are your thoughts on how that do you think that helps the story does it do anything to the story does it work with it what do you think from, from the art perspective
0: um, On sorry, the spot. I, was, I, was, I was timing <laughs> in my like like the last time I spoke and I think oh, I God. like nearly got six minutes um okay so I actually like I did like that uh, I did like it I'm trying to figure out like more words and just to kind of express that um, I wasn't prepared guys um, <laughs> it's okay. no it's I did like the look of it. It feels very much like like a movie from the nineteen thirties. It does give that feel. Which is I think it also because they have a set from that time period. Mm-hmm. Uh it, it, they have like a whole movie scene where it kind of feels like a Robin Hood-esque type adventure, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um it does I think it does does a good job giving that feel. Um I will say though It is definitely a Disney movie. I mean, it is a Disney movie, but it feels like a live-action Disney movie. The way the score is done, the way everything's set up, the way that the plot is just... I mean, it's a plot mm-hmm <laughs> you know, like it's you an origin story right yeah, yeah it's just like it's very it's very kind of safe and basic and it, it's not like dick tracy where it actually takes more creative liberties right i think it, it should have maybe i the the one D- dick tracy element is the fucking big guy <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm like yep. why isn't there more of this if you're gonna do this why not do more of this i feel like you're just like hey it worked in dick tracy luther was the
2: henchman by the way the, luther. the rondo yeah. hat and lookalike played by tiny somebody
0: tiny 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 somebody not a tiny somebody by any stretch of the imagination but i I think
1: dick tracy had such a um an iconic look to it anyway and it has a historic look to it because dick tracy comics have been around since the 30s right and this is this didn't have a lot of of back material i mean it was a comic book in the 80s that they made into a movie in the early 90s
0: and, it, mm-hmm. and that's the feel like there's not enough art deco which is what it mm. should be at that time like the poster for this movie is very much art oh, yeah. deco uh i will yeah. say I the like one
2: the, the costume is a little bit too but i think you're right that's kind of the extent yeah. of
0: yeah but i one one element i think was fun was the nazi cartoon that they play like first, <laughs> yeah. first off like, we picked up this this secret movie that explains their whole thing. And it's like, someone took the time to fucking animate this fucking cartoon. Yeah, it was right. Disney. Disney, yeah. surprise, animated this cartoon. Um, and it's, it's just something like... Something locked in Walt's vault. Yeah, right. It like, comes out every 20 this, years. And like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, where did you guys get this? Nowhere. I'm like, well, we live yeah. in Hollywood. <laughs> so, right. um, yeah. <laughs> I love I loved that just because of like it's like this very much fits that time period in, t- in terms of those kind of movies and like this feels like early Disney like this feels like mm. snow White but with Nazis like that just a that brief moment. And it's just, that that just, like we just joked about, like, that's what added it to me, for me, like, that extra layer of, like, who the fuck took the time to animate this so well <laughs> <laughs> to fucking right. show Nazis with jetpacks, like, invading America? And it's, that's it. It's it's just, like, we're gonna invade America. I'm like, yeah, no shit, yeah. you're Nazis. That seems what you always want to do. <laughs> seems to be your thing, yeah. yeah you
1: know, yeah. one thing I really liked about the story of this, though, looking back at it now, is it... It does show the um, absurdity of rocket packs. I mean, it's 2020, and I've already heard people like, well, it's hmm. not as futuristic as Blade Runner said it was going to be in 2019. It's like, like, oh, where people saying, why don't we have flying cars or jet packs? And I'm like, because this is what jet packs would do. You have any idea how dangerous they would be? <laughs> if they fail, yeah. you die. <laughs> I mean, there's, on, a, on an yep. airplane, you, you can glide. Into,
2: like, <laughs> yeah, either get launched into the pavement at, you know, jet speed or um you blow up in the air if you get some kind of a fuel issue so he did yeah not. no i think i think it makes the jet pack you know as terrifying as it probably should should be and I, I like the fact that it takes some time um this is a very different movie from everything else we watched in this block because it's paced very differently yeah it's a little more of a family film uh but it also gives gets time it gets characters to kind of develop a little bit and also the tech, like the technology itself, um, they do have to kind of, you know, Cliff has to kind of learn to use the rocket pack rather than, hey, I strapped this on and now I'm going to go do these heroic things. First, he's going to almost kill himself and, you know, um, it, it could be criticized to be maybe a little bit too slow starting, possibly. I, I actually don't think so. I think it's just paced differently than everything yeah. else we watched in this block,
1: but i totally agree it feels like a disney movie i mean it's Mm -hmm. there's no question that this is a disney production especially in the early 90s um it's got that like quasi wholesome yeah like disney uh, american
2: i don't know slice of apple pie kind of thing going on but but honestly i mean for
1: again i remember it feels like a tv
0: movie it It feels like a made-for-disney tv movie with a bigger, with a big budget. Yeah, with a bigger yeah. budget. Yep, yeah. I, I, I mean, legitimately I agree thought some this growing to... up, this was a TV movie because when I saw it as a kid, when I was younger, it was on TV. I didn't know it was in theaters because it came out like mm. I around the time I wouldn't have fucking have known that. So I saw yeah. it a few years later on TV, and I just it's like after watching, I was like, oh my god, this wasn't this was actually in theaters. This wasn't made for TV. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <Could've> <laughs> well, it fooled me.
1: I will say though that like watching it when it first came out in the early 90s I I was kind of excited to see it but I never got to the theater to see it so I must not have been that excited. Yeah, I don't think I saw it um, until video. Yeah, I saw it on video and it was like, oh, okay. Well, it was pretty forgettable. Um, but going I remember
2: liking it a lot when I watched it, like being excited about it. And then for some reason it fell off my radar. So I couldn't have possibly like really been that excited about it. I think it just got wrapped up in the movie and then kind of forgot about it.
0: Well, it's a man I do remember a having, having a big stack excited, of Rocketeer
2: but... trading cards, and I also owned the um, novel, the adaptation, like um, novel of it, the tie-in novel um, that I read at one point. Huh. So I was very familiar with the story, but I think I only saw this movie start to finish probably a couple times. This, this was, and they were both when I was really young, so it was kind of. It was fun to watch this again. I'm also become 100% convinced that this was probably the movie that made you know me fall in love with Jennifer Connelly um, for the rest of my life. Uh, I don't think it was Labyrinth, but it might have started there too as well. But anyway, well, it, you know, the well, first time I saw if, this, it, if it Corey's was, listening,
0: as long as it wasn't *Requiem for a Dream*, I think you're okay. Yeah, yeah it was so. not that one. <laughs> you know, I think with this. I mean, one, wait the... a second.
1: Maybe no. <laughs> the first time I saw this, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, that was not as good as I was hoping it would be. And then actually just a couple of years ago I rewatched it. And I was like, "Oh, that wasn't as bad as I remember it." And then rewatching it for this, actually liked it. I mean, it actually yeah. kind of grew on me and I into a point where I was uh I had to watch it in over like 2 days, but I was getting made fun of around the house by my wife cuz I kept talking about, "Oh, I got to watch the Rocketeer." She's like, "How fucking old are you?" you know, but it was um <laughs> No, actually, this one has grown on me, I think. Uh, It's it's charming. It's a charming movie, I don't know if I'd say it's it's
2: grown on me, because I've I've gone from being, like, six-year-old kid to being 36-year-old kid. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so, like, the perspective's really strange, but I definitely enjoyed it quite a bit watching it. And, like, it's kind of, I don't know. Like, my memory told me I liked it a lot, but the fact that I never, like actively went out and tried to get this again when it was available it was like at the video store kind of thing um means that maybe it wasn't the most exciting thing i ever saw when i was a kid but um i don't know no, I, I i had a really positive experience with this one too i mean um in a different way than dick tracy because dick Tracy's just such a cool movie i wouldn't say there's a whole lot about the rocketeer that's quote unquote cool but it's um it it accomplishes all the things we talked about, about being kind of that authentic, like, 30s feel. Mm-hmm. I do think it gets... Okay, I, I changed my mind. It's got a bit of cool, because it, it gets kind of to the point of the plot gets silly at, at the end, but in a good way, like it, it, it escalates to the point where, you know, you have the mob and the Nazis and the, it's got like this really great climax standoff at the end of it. And they're all kind of mm. shooting at each other, the FBI, mm. the mm. mob Nazis, you know,
0: <laughs> I have, I have a gripe with that, but you continue, but I do have a gripe <laughs> with that. <laughs> um, uh,
2: yeah, no, I just, it, it the third act, you, we talk a lot about movies that, like, really have a great build-up and fall apart in the third act. This has a so-so build-up and a fantastic third act, in my opinion. Um, just, just, it's a lot of fun, and it works as a standalone movie. I'm kind of happy it didn't become, like, sequels and, like, all that stuff. It just, this little slice of, uh, you know, this 1930s kind of quasi-superhero Kind of a what-if, serial, if, Yeah, yeah
1: yeah it's cool um i
0: don't know i, I
1: would love I to hear I, I would love to hear your gripes ryan okay
0: yep. here's my one gripe um so when when the fucking zeppelin comes in <laughs> yeah. the cops yeah there's a nazi zeppelin that just comes in that's the start of the third act and yeah. like okay let's let's not let's i ho- got two gri- gripe i got not, two gripes because i think that's pretty obvious i got i got two gripes now i lied i got two gripes First off is when they had, like, this triple, like, standoff. Like, d- like first off, the, the mob boss comes up because they're going to trade with the Rocketeer to trade the fucking jetpack for his girlfriend's life. And then the cops come out and point the guns like, ha, we got you. And the dude's just like, uh-uh, and snaps his fingers. And then the Nazis come out of the fucking <laughs> the bushes in L.A. Yes. Yes. And he goes, yeah. we got you. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why the fuck did he bring a whole army of Nazis to get this jetpack trade off? And secondly, why weren't they fucking like on to the cops? And thirdly, why didn't they just start from right away? But that's not the main gripe I had. At, at, like right away, yeah, I just, just remember believability
2: that one. of a large squadron of Nazis and a Nazi Zeppelin being in the United States at that time it's it, it,
0: you've already passed the <laughs> right the national guard isn't there right yeah. pretty. It, just, it just pops really out i think they yeah. kind of explain that the nazi zeppelin is like doing rounds because this, this is pre-world <laughs> war ii like nazis yeah. are around but it's before the war part but so this is my main one i wanted to bring up they go up into the zeppelin, and the cops are like, "Hold your fire! It's a zeppelin. You shoot that, we all go down." So instead, they shoot. They send the guy with the fucking jetpack shooting flames out his ass <laughs> yeah, to a something. fucking hydrogen-filled zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy you want to fucking go okay, up there. I mean, to, to, and you're right, but. <laughs>
2: They didn't send him up there. Cliff, Cliff Secord, throughout this movie does a bunch of boneheaded things, and and he that's and, you
0: know, that's won't. that's what you're going to cut me down on. Yeah, you, yeah. They, he he volunteered to be the fucking guy. Like, oh, yeah, your bullets absolutely. won't do it. I will. I'll do it. no will <laughs> fucking though? do
1: it. I, that as as I agree. <laughs> that is it's a boneheaded decision. But that whole scene is taken from Crazy because you're right. You've got the standoff with the you know the the, the FBI. The mob, the Nazis, and then the heroes, right? But the it's but what, what just the the cherry on top of that absurd scene is Paul Sorvino turning to Timothy Dalton and said, "Are you serious? I may yeah. not I may not make a, an honest living as a mobster, but I'm an American. It's like it, even the mob it, is it, like it, fuck the Nazis. Yeah.
0: That is the cherry on the cake, and it is my favorite thing. By the way, that's yeah. like the actor who played Lips, correct? Yes. Yes, Dick it is. Tracy. Yeah, Paul Sabino. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. How he's many in more in of, these of these does he show up? Because there's a lot of gangsters in these fucking movies. I didn't catch him in the shadow. He's not in no, the shadow, and I haven't not. finished. Uh, no, sorry, the phantom. He's not in fans the either. shadow yet. He's not in yeah. phantom. But yeah, so, no. The but... full the whole final act is actually the like. It is the most for me. That is the most fun of the movie, and it is very over the top and i enjoyed that over the topness i'm not i'm not cr- i'm criticizing it because it's like it needs to be criticized and pointed out but no, it's the, not yeah, without the enjoyment
2: of of it doesn't make <laughs> any sense at all yeah. but uh, no, spoilers like you know, my, my
0: girlfriend of... it sets the blimp on fire ultimately and not destroy yeah. la somehow it, it it came down but did not destroy la <laughs>
2: I tend to always have my, like, what did this movie make me nostalgic for? And I think with this one, I'm going to go with this movie makes me nostalgic for a time when Nazis were, like, unquestionably the bad guys. Like, they're not, you know, a group of really decent folks or yeah. whatever yeah. we're dealing there, with there now. Hey, there's like, some bad in Even sides. the mob guys are like, <laughs> fuck these Nazis. Like, yeah, there <laughs> like, weren't that's, good people on both sides this Can we go back to those days, please? Off. Let's just always say fuck these Nazis in any situation, I think, is...
0: I think I think the additional cherry on top for that scene Joe to add to that is when the mobster and the FBI are shooting at the Nazis together stop and look at each other and nod with like yeah we're unified yeah. us against Nazis that is that yep. right it, there adds you know to what? the whole it's, I'm it American it's,
1: it's a it's a great scene though because I was I laughed out loud when it happened because I don't and yep, I don't think it too. was intended to be funny um, but it's campy enough, but it's still kind of a, fuck yeah, you know, I don't know. I got a little bit of joy out of it. Just that, like, that, <laughs> it see,
0: cool. that's the one part, cause I, when I saw this movie when I was very fucking young until now, that is the one scene I still like, that one part, that one line is what I still like hardcore remember because it was so memorable. So when it you is. brought that up, it, it's, it's memorable,
1: it, it's corny, but I don't know, I can, I can think of one other time patriotic. that's happened. It is. It's It's It is. a li- It's that patriotic corniness that, I don't know. I may
0: be a criminal, but I'm an American criminal. I'm an American. Right. You know, I think it wasn't... That just Joker? shows how...
1: Did huh? the Joker do that once in a Batman comic? Like there were Nazis involved, and the Joker was like, "Hey, wait a minute, fuck you! you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm at least American." <laughs> it
0: was like, there's just I don't know. I may be, about bad I guys breaking but America. I'm not a fascist. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm not a
1: fascist. Yeah, it's I I've got a soft spot in my heart for bad guys breaking character, where they're just like, "Hey, well, I got my limits." And, and they're and and they're very yeah. nationalist. <laughs> and I like the fact
2: that it's yeah that it's Nazis that cross that line like it is. They, like that's the thing that's like no okay <laughs>
1: we can all agree that they're assholes and, and you know so you'd be like all right, you know the world's gonna be okay <laughs> you know? yeah so I don't um, know it, but you're right right it it, it there's some really <laughs> weird decisions in the plot for this like like you said the the whole like oh we can't shoot at it with our pistols. You know, because we'll blow up the blimp, but okay, yeah, the guy with the jetpack, that's gonna be fine. Who barely knows how to use it.
0: This all takes place in like one day.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, a couple of days, but yeah.
0: No, no, it takes place in one day. I thought it was a couple days too, but they actually say like, Oh yeah, this happened earlier today and I turn to my girlfriend and go, like, wait a minute. The murder. Well, he crashes the at the beginning of the film. He crashes the plane, and then he takes his girlfriend out. To yeah, the yeah, line. you're right. That takes like, place so in two like days. A, but yeah, once he gets the jet days. pack, it's pretty much 24 hours yep. because they yeah, get the, right. jet he a the jet pack at the end of the day of that day, and then at the end of the following day is the third act. He's and I'm like, are you fucking, fucking shitting me?
2: Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> what yep. fucking day? It's an
1: exciting weekend. <laughs> Nazis move quick. The mob moves quick. The feds move kind of quick. You know. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> but, no, I, I thought the... um, I know we, we mentioned a little bit before, you know, we, we, well, Eric, you kind of uh, started the episode out with it, but, you know, Terry O'Quinn as, as Howard Hughes. Now, here's a character yeah. that's based on a real person, right? Um, and yeah, I thought it was
2: interesting they used actual historical characters in a couple places in this film, so...
1: Yeah, W.C. Fields, Clark Gable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there, there's a few of those, but uh, he plays a, a pretty he's a, a he's a supporting character but he's a pretty important character in this. Um yeah. you know that it's like what if Howard Hughes had actually developed a rocket pack that kind of worked? And I, I I still say one of my favorite characters in this film though is is uh is P.V. or Alan Arkin's character. Um, yes, me too. He's a lot of fun. He's the this could be older guy who, you know, designs the helmet and he he makes the modifications. He's you know He's kind of the Alfred in this, but you know, he's uh, it, it's kind of fun. There's a lot of likable characters in this. I had a lot of fun watching it. That's what I guess I just sum it up as. Um, and honestly, it there it didn't bother me as much as some of the stuff in Dick Tracy did. Even though this one is yeah. so it's it's really over the top. The
0: performances aren't over the top, but the whole concept is. Well, the the third act isn't as messy. No. Like, the rest of the story also isn't really as... Inter- it's equally not as interesting. But the third act, at least, is like, I can follow what's going on here, and this is kind of fun. Whereas, yeah. like, Dick Tra- Tracy, it, everything just, like, fell at once. And I'm like, there's way too much going on here. Yeah, This
2: movie feels a little more grounded throughout the first two acts of it. And then it kind of goes crazy in the third act. But it but it all kind of makes sense. Like, these piece, the pieces are placed there, and they all come together. And then, then you get this crazy kind of third act um yeah dick tracy didn't plant its seeds as well to make the it just didn't yeah uh, Right. i think this one is just it's a if, if perhaps you're going to criticize the rocket a little bit it's a little off balance because it does start off you know fairly slowly the first half an hour of the film is a little bit quiet there is a plane crash but um so i guess it's not really quiet
0: but and a gun um, chase i mean a yeah, chase scene with yeah. gangsters and guns
2: but it does take some time and it develops its characters a little bit you see relationships there, there's more than just your three main characters there's
0: um you can't yeah, think you, of the other main All- no you get Alan
2: Arkin's character and you get yeah um, Sorry. so a little bit of development of the the girlfriends of Jennifer Jennifer Connelly's the Jenny in the movie um
0: it takes her a her bit though home to develop life a
2: little bit and like can- so is, the, is all of that stuff necessary yeah. i don't know but it gives it, it gives it a grounding in reality and then it goes crazy with the nazi blimp and shit so it's like <laughs>
0: yeah well and i think if I, they would have started with the nazis earlier that would have been great <laughs> i did want to mention
1: that the, the the comic book that came out in 82 or the character was introduced in 82 um mm-hmm. with I, in idw um idw comics it i don't want to say it's current, but it's there there isn't one that's still running but there was a, a a six idw miniseries uh six issue miniseries that came out in 2005 so i mean they've they've actually kind of kept up on things uh fairly well um hmm. you know it, it's something that i guess they came out with a like a collection back in 2017 so it's something that, you know, you can still find. It's it's not going to be hard to find the, the, the comics. Still in the print, split. like all of it, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So, and I mean, I, I haven't read them, but it, the movie makes me want to go, like, look up this character because I would... it. The one thing I will give about this film is that it did leave me wanting more, but in a good way. Like, I wanted to mm-hmm. see the Rocketeer more. I wanted to see another adventure. Um, yeah. Well, this is, which, like
2: you, you know. said earlier, this is an origin story. So it might, it'd be kind of cool to see him you know actually step into the boots of being a hero type character and and continuing that um well they we, kind of yeah, like, like plant like,
0: those seeds like oh hey the rocket may be destroyed but we still have the designs have the pl- you know,
2: and and yeah. you know um what's his name alan arkin's character is gonna gonna fix the problems with it you know so um and yeah, even I, howard hughes kind of gives his blessing in a way at the end you know it's yep. so it's
0: I did. Do you you know that there was a TV series based off this movie that appeared in November of two thousand nineteen? No, neither did I. It's on Disney Junior. I just looked it up now. (laughs) Sorry, I do terrible research work, but did not know that. Now,
1: yeah, huh? I will have to check that out. That'd be kind of cool, huh? Hmm. No, definitely want to check that out. because like yeah, I said, actually, I like I the see. characters in this. I like the concept. Um, I like the I, setting. Yeah, I mean, TV, TV series based on movie on
2: the movie premiered on Disney Junior November eighth, twenty nineteen. It f- focuses on Kit Secord, who is a seven year old girl. Uh, oh, who receives a very jet pack
0: cartoony looking and becomes
2: a new and becomes the new Rocketeer. So, well, huh. but, I
1: mean, it's, that's that's kind of
2: Disney Junior. I mean, it's, yeah, you, know, you could
0: possibly watch this with Lisa, but. <laughs> yeah. It I'll might uh, even be it. too young for her. So
2: so real quickly before we start to wrap things up talking about like the rocketeer himself, you know, the uh one of the big gripes about this movie when it came out. Like generally it got pretty good reviews. Um people tend to gripe about Bill Campbell as a leading man in this movie. So and and I know I made that <laughs> criticism of Warren Beatty who's, you know, obviously somebody who's proved themselves over time. Bill Campbell was a bit of an unknown television actor. And, and and after this movie, continued to be mainly a television actor. Um, my, I actually think he was pretty perfect for this role and thought he did a pretty good job in this movie. I don't... I did think you he, guys... Did he bug you guys? Like, supposedly that's, like, people's biggest thing against this movie is he... Supposedly Bill Campbell sucked in it, but... I don't know. I actually think he was yeah. kind of great for this I role. I don't...
0: But, I was going to say, I don't think he sucks, but I think he just fits once again a live action Disney movie. He's exactly what a protagonist in a live action Disney movie does. Like the same character mm. exactly. I don't think it's I don't think he does a bad job. I just think it's the same thing. Really. Yeah, I mean he's, yeah. I mean I don't think
1: he's gonna win an Oscar for it or anything, but yeah. Yeah. he's likable in it. Um, you know, he, he kinda plays a good leading man for, you know, for this. He's enough of a daredevil, but you know, he's not like He's got the relationship problems and stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, he was he was fine. There was nothing in it that, that mm. bothered me. Um, honestly, the one thing I that I was going to say, I don't think any of the performances performances in this really bothered me. There's few that are spectacular, but they're all fine. I'd say Alan Arkins is probably like the best. Uh, yeah and timothy dalton i thought was pretty and great timothy as dalton well. yeah
2: yeah um and but another interesting factoid about that whole thing is that is loosely based timothy dalton they didn't use his name um but timothy dalton's character is obviously loosely based on errol flynn right who at the time in the 1990s some uh biographer uh, had kind of fraudulently like all of this has been debunked but somebody put out a, a errol flynn biography that accused him of being a nazi spy so this entire like character
0: um it was like a what if that's true situation based on
2: this kind of what if but i i kind of feel like at the time this movie was made people were kind of thinking it was uh, timothy dalton's character was neville sinclair in the movie um but i think that book was new enough and like this whole thing was coming out and like this guy pretend you know kind of fabricated some evidence of this or whatever i didn't read enough about it to tell you exactly what but it's been debunked like errol flynn as far as we know was not really a nazi spy right um
0: but they they based this whole
2: yeah the whole character of neville sinclair on that you know i don't know if they did it as a what if or if people really still thought it was possibly the case at the time but they did obviously choose not to use the name errol flynn even though they made him look almost identical to him and and he was doing like the swashbuckling kind of roles that errol flynn was famous for the laughing bandit (laughs) Um, yeah yeah yeah.
0: so how about that scene where he totally stabs that fucking actor
1: yeah yeah and then he's like, yep. oh, I'm sorry, I'll I'll uh, have my personal physician come and, and, and take care of you. And then he just goes and he sits down and has a drink. It's like,
0: yeah, real worried. Yeah. <laughs> but Though the actor apologizes, like, did you think that I was outshining you? <laughs> like, like, fearful of that fucking guy. It's like, shh, you rest, you rest. I'm like, this guy's a dick. <laughs> I do yeah. want to
1: mention the um, the diner in this as a set oh you mean the
0: fucking nightmare feel yeah the
1: big dog diner that was oh yeah just really kind of you know it it fits in with the style of this being in like the 30s um Mm -hmm. yeah i just that was it's such kind of a it's one thing i remember from when i saw this as a kid but didn't really remember anything else about the plot other than the basic like guy finds a jetpack but i remember the the really bizarre dog like giant dog shaped diner but I don't know. It, it was kind of, kind of cute. It, it kind of worked in it.
0: Cute? You know? That thing's fucking frightening. Yeah. It's, well, like, I mean, the whole concept. Well, of yeah. Thing, it, you know.
2: But yeah, it fits. Like, I think they did a good job in a totally different way than Dick Tracy, but they did a good job of making this feel authentic, like in its time period. It definitely and, like, feels this, like this. This is like real world yeah. authentic. You know, uh, compared to like
1: you know a comic strip authentic, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This, so this looked like it actually could have been a thing. oh yeah so we're it definitely fits that that. yeah yeah Yeah.
2: getting to that point we get to every show or we're gonna have to give this thing a grade if you guys have to give it a grade which i just said you did um what do you think uh where would you guys land on it
1: i'm gonna actually this might be kind of weird and controversial i'm actually gonna put this one slightly above dick tracy and i'm gonna give it just a solid b I give Dick Tracy a B minus, but I'm gonna give this one a solid B, approaching a B plus. I actually really enjoyed this one. Um, it was one that I, I just had a lot of fun revisiting, and I can't say it's nostalgia because, like I said, I didn't really care for it when it first came out. Or I shouldn't say I didn't care for it; it just really didn't have an, an impact on me. I wanted to see it, saw it, and was like, "Meh, it was whatever." Mm-hmm. But it's it's grown on me over the years, or at least there's something about it I don't know that I appreciate more now. Maybe it's maybe it is Doctrine the kind Syndrome? of no 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 i wouldn't even go that far it's it it is corny and cheesy it's very typical disney formula but um it's it being a kind of a homage to the commander cody type serials of that time i know it's based on the comic but the way that they handled it it actually kind of it works it works pretty well it still holds up i feel um and uh yeah i just thought that the design of it and the story is pretty simple it's it's a it's a movie you could watch to kill a couple hours in an afternoon and not feel like you wasted your time it's fun it was just a fun movie so i'll give it i'll give it a solid b yeah what about you
0: ryan um i don't like this one more than dick tracy uh i feel like it's Feel like it's just very safe. It's not a bad movie. It's just a very safe Disney movie. And like I said, like it, it made me kind of feel like this was a made-for-TV film. And uh, I believe actually, Dick Tracy, we didn't mention this, was also kind of a Disney movie, but Disney didn't really put its name on oh, it. Oh, Touchstone, yeah, 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 um, because it was a little bit too more mature. Uh, once again, Madonna. Anyways, but but with this one, this one definitely felt like a Disney movie. I mean it's on Disney Plus. That's how we watched it too. It that, that's that's <laughs> that's my biggest gripe about it, but it is fun to watch. Um to it's very much a, a very early on comic book origin story. And um, if you get through those just fine like then you won't be disappointed anything. I I'd give it a B. It's a B. It's a solid B for me.
2: Yeah, I I'm, I'm going to come in real close to you guys on <laughs> maybe we'll agree about all these. I don't know. Um I think it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun. I, I felt like it might run a little long for, like, kids these days. Um, but for me, it was it was fine. Like, I never found it boring. Uh, it's got a hell of a third act, like we talked about. Um, I don't know. I thought the cast was good. I really, really loved the Rondo Hatton thing. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Rondo mm-hmm. Hatton and who he was and, but like, an actor uh, from the 30s and 40s. Um, but... I thought that was so cool that they literally dressed somebody up like Rondo Hatton to play a role in the movie, just cause it kind of fit into that, you know, time period. Uh, just made it feel even that much more authentic. Um, you could nitpick the plausibility of the, what happens in this movie. Cause almost none of it is plausible at all, but you know, I, I think that's, that's besides the point and it's fun, well-made kind of love letter to adventure serials and, and the comic strips of the 1940s. Um, and it's on Disney Plus, like Ryan said, so if you have that and are, you know, now that The Mandalorian is over, looking for something to watch for the rest of the <laughs> month before you cancel, um, check out The Rocketeer. It's certainly worth it. And if you haven't seen it since you were six, check it out again, because I think it's a positive watch. Oh, yeah, I have to give it a grade. It, I, I give it a B as well, I think. Maybe, maybe a B plus. I don't know. I'm right there with you, Joe. I'm not sure. <laughs> so. so We'll go so ahead, B. have our... I'm going to go with my yeah, gut. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I, so yeah, it's, it's it's one worth checking out, but if anybody else has any uh, feelings on the Rocketeer and want to share them with us, any questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms, please feel free to drop us a line and let us know. Uh, you can email us at videojunkyardpodcast at gmail.com, send us a tweet at videojunkpod, or... Find us on Facebook at the Video Junkyard Podcast Facebook page or our Video Junkyard Podcast Facebook group. We would love to hear any of the thoughts you have about any of the movies that we're going to be reviewing uh, or any ones that we already have. So feel free to drop us a line. And coming up the next couple of weeks, we're going to continue looking at
2: films based on 1930s comic strip heroes. We're going to look at The Phantom starting starring Billy Zane and The Shadow film starring Alec Baldwin and directed by the Highlanders Russell Mulcahy so um, we will um, also following that be talking Star Wars finally we've never done a Star Wars thing on here so um, by the time we get through this 1930s serial um, series we'll get you a synopsis of what we're, what exactly we're going to be talking about because we just went loose on Star Wars I think we we'd fill up five shows and we're not going to do that so anyway um, we might yeah that's what's coming up in
1: 2020. So we want to thank everybody once again, as always, for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Goldbranson.
0: And I'm Ryan Steiskel, saying... I may
1: not make an honest buck, but I'm 100% American. Not a word for no two-bit Nazi.
2: You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast.
1: I do wish we could chat longer, but... For- having an old family you just can't
2: let them
1: go go
0: stay on the road keep clear to the moors
2: we want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the video junkyard podcast and remind you to find us on social media on facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on twitter at video junk pod and on instagram as video junkyard podcast all one word want to thank you again for listening and keep digging who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard